This podcast is presented to you by Pastor Chuck Ford and Relate Church in Byron, Mississippi. For more information, please visit RelateChurch.com. All right, good morning, everybody. Welcome to part two of our series, Right on the Money. And how many of you believe it's, it's right and it's good to be right on the money? And uh, it's such a connection between our following Jesus correctly and being right with money. And that's not something I made up. That's something that Jesus said. He said, where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. He also said, if you can't be faithful in, in ungodly mammon or in this world's wealth, who will entrust to you the true riches? And so it's so important that we're right on the money. So before we get started, I got a couple of funny stories, and I got to get you to laughing before we go into surgery here. So uh, <laughs> we'll do that. And you say, oh, great. Of all the, all the weeks I could have come and tried out Relate Church, he's going to be talking about money. Well, it's okay. You'll be fine. Look, we're, we don't take offerings around here. Nobody's going to try to take anything from you. We're not trying to get something from you, just trying to get something to you, right? And so we believe this. If you put, if you put into practice, if you put the Word of God into practice in your life, you'll, there, there's nothing that's going to leave you that's not going to be multiplied back to you. And so uh, I just believe that with all my heart. There's too many people that can stand up and give you testimonies of that that you can't outgive God. You shovel it out, he shovels it back, but he's got a bigger shovel, right? And so it just comes back to you. So anyway, there's a typical American family. They went to church one Sunday morning, and, you know, they got out, and they all piled into the car. And as they were driving, the dad said, wow, that was boring. And that was just a little bit long. It's long and boring. I mean, you got... One thing to be long is another thing to be long and boring. So it's long and boring. And then, you know, the wife spoke up and she goes, yeah, and that piano player is just too loud. It's just too loud. And then the, the daughter who was a music major, she piped in and she said, and that vocalist, they, they sang about a half a key off. And so that was just torture to my trained ears. And, and so it, it was horrible. And then grandma, she said, well, we were sitting in the back. I couldn't hear anything. And uh, so they were just all complaining. Then little Willie spoke up and he said, yeah, but dad, you got to admit it wasn't a bad show for a dollar. And so, uh, <laughs> and if you didn't get that, you'll get it in a minute. So it uh, <clears throat> wasn't a bad show for a dollar. This lady, she, she called up her husband one day and she was just really frantic. And she said, she said, uh, Sally swallowed a nickel. What should I do? And he said, well, hit her on the back. So she hit her on the back and said, nothing came out. What should I do? She said, well, turn her upside down and shake her. So she took her up, she turned her upside down, shake her and out fell some quarters. And she said, all the quarters came out, but the nickel didn't come out. What should I do? He said, keep feeding her nickels. We need some money. And so, <clears throat> I'm glad y'all are laughing. They're like, it's good. Y'all, y'all, seen, y'all ever seen a bumper sticker that says, honk if you love Jesus? Yeah. Y'all saw it? I saw this one not too long ago. <laughs> That's, I didn't take a picture of that. We had to. So anyway, tithe if you love Jesus. All right. Anyway, we're continuing our series, this three parts, and this is part two of, of Right on the Money, and the title of the message today is, What's in Your Wallet? And of course, we're not, we're not talking about what brand of credit card you're carrying in your wallet. The wallet's kind of, 
it's a metaphor for, you know, what's in your possession. Last week we talked about the fact that God has entrusted us with things. He's entrusted us with stuff, right? And there's a fundamental connection between what God has entrusted us with and how we use it. It's the fundamental connection between that and our following Jesus. As a matter of fact, there are, uh, there are about 500 verses in the Bible on prayer, a little over 500 verses in the Bible on prayer. Now, how many of you know, if we can find 500 verses on prayer, and then I never teach or preach on prayer, I mean, you would say that I'm not, I'm not being responsible, right? That I need to, uh, I mean, I need to give that some serious attention. Five, not five verses, 500 verses. Man, I, there, we ought to hear some teaching on prayer. Is that right? We need some teaching on prayer. And then there's, there's about 500 verses on faith. And so we ought to, you'd say, well, we need to hear some, we need some, hear some teaching about faith. I mean, there's 500 verses in the Bible. And, and if I didn't do that, you would say that I was irresponsible and, you know, kind of a dereliction of duty and not, not doing what I was supposed to do. So what if, what if there are 500 verses on money? Would you, do you think that I should spend some time on teaching about money? Well, if I'm teaching on Prayer and teaching on faith, we ought to teach on money. So there's 500 verses in the Bible about money. We ought to give it equal time, right? Well, what if there's a thousand verses on money? Do you think we ought to give it double time? He yeah. said, no, we, no. <laughs> just, just a couple of messages a year, that's enough. So, no, it's a, so, but what if there's 2,000 verses on money and possessions in the Bible. I mean, we ought to be giving it quadruple time, right? I mean, if, if that, and, and it is. There's, there's over 2,000 verses in the Bible. 16 of 38 parables that Jesus taught had to do with money and possessions. One out of 10 verses in the New Testament have to do with money. And the reason is, the reason is it's there so much. I mean, of all the, I mean, to fill up the real estate of this Bible with, with everything that could, he could talk about, Money and possessions. Why? Because there is a direct connection between us following Jesus and how we deal and how we handle money in our life. So it's important that we get right on the money, right? It's important that we get it, we get it right. And so that's what we're talking about. And so I just want to go, I want to talk about this morning about what's in your wallet. And you say, well, not much. <laughs> not much in my wallet. So, uh, you know, I get it. So, but what's in your wallet? Because God has entrusted each of, each of us with you know, we talked about the parable of the talents last week to, to one, you know, the, the master, he gave, he gave uh, five and one, he gave two and one, he gave one. And, and then he came and he asked for an account of everything that had given him and one had increased it, you know, to, to 10, one had increased it to four, one had, didn't do anything with it. But he rewarded each of them that, that produced something. He rewarded each the same. And so he talked about faithfulness with what you have. A lot of times we talk about what we don't have, what we, we would do if we had. It, you know, so the story goes, this, uh, this pig farmer came to the pastor one day, and he said, uh, he, he said you, you know, pastor, he said, if, if, if I had $100,000, I'd give 50000 to the church. And the pastor said, great. He came back a week or so later, he said, Pastor, if I had a million dollars, he said, I'd give half of it to the church. He said, awesome. He said, Pastor, if I, gave, if I had $2 million, I'd give a million dollars to the church. He said, great. He said, how about giving one of those pigs to the church? He said, now, Pastor, you know I only have two pigs. So, you know, a lot of times we, that didn't go over that well, but you know, a lot of times we talk what we would do if we had. 
what we do if we had. But we do have. We, maybe we don't have what we would like to have. You know, like we talked last week, if, if God were to give some of you a million dollars today, we wouldn't see you next week. You'd be down in the Bahamas <laughs> sipping on some little fruity drinks, right? Little umbrellas coming out of the top. So we wouldn't see you. You'd forget about the Lord. So that's why you don't have a million dollars. So anyway, <laughs> um, it, it, it's so important that we get right on the money. So what's in your wallet? I, wanna, I want you to look at a couple of scriptures with me. First of all, in Matthew the... 25th chapter and just some things that Jesus said about what's in your wallet Matthew chapter 25 If y'all are taking notes, well, then you're taking notes. Awesome Is that right? Is that the right verse? Matthew 22. That's what I meant to say in Matthew 22 and in notice in verse 17 some people they came to Jesus and they were they were plotting how they might they might take him into custody and entangle him and and what he said and find somewhere where he's breaking the law and and he's not doing right and he's not holding their up to their customs and so they said to him tell us therefore what do you think is it lawful to pay taxes to Caesar or not but Jesus perceived their wickedness and said why do you test me you hypocrites show me the tax money so they brought him a denarius or a coin and he said to them whose image and inscription is this and they said it's Caesar's and he said to them render therefore to Caesar the things that are Caesar's and to God the things that are God's so what's in your wallet so here here's a couple of things in the wallet you 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 and I have some tax money in our wallet don't we we, we have a portion of what we, we get, what we earn, a portion of that belongs to Caesar. A portion of that belongs to the government, right? It's called taxes. You might not like it. You might think it's unfair. You might think it's too much. But the fact is, you, a portion of what you have in your wallet is tax money, right? And then another portion of what you have in your wallet is God's. Now, we know this from last week. God's, God owns it all. You and I are simply managers. We are stewards. He, he owns everything. He owns the silver and the gold, the cattle on a thousand hills. The earth is the Lord's and its fullness. Is, it belongs to him. And then he tells us to manage it. So uh, a, a portion of what's in our wallet is taxes. A portion of what's in our wallet belongs to God. Amen. So what else is in our wallet? Hold your place there. And in 2 Corinthians, the ninth chapter... Paul is, is speaking to the church here in Corinth, and he says in verse 10, now may, now, may, excuse me, now may he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food supply and multiply the seed that you have sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness. So we see two other things that we have in our wallet. We see that he gives us bread, in other words, that which is to sustain us, to put for our shelter, for our food, for our clothing, it's that which is to sustain us. And then he said, seed. He gives us that portion which is to multiply us. Are you listening? So what, what is it? What do you have in your wallet? Well, you've got, you've got bread or you've got what is to sustain you. You've got seed, which is to multiply you. You've got taxes, which... You give to the government, which they provide services for you that you can't provide for yourself. All right? And you say, well, they don't do a very good job. I get it. But, and, and so, but you're you going to still pay, right? You're going to still do it. 
don't, don't test them, just, just do it, right? So, so you got, you got taxes, and then you got God's portion. He said, Jesus said, render or give to Caesar what belongs to Caesar and give to God what belongs to God. And so I just want to talk to you about the portion that belongs to God. The portion that belongs to God. Now, all these things work together, but the portion that belongs to God, that's what I want to speak to you about this morning. And, uh, you know, although I think we would all say, yeah, God owns it all, I think sometimes we we don't really live it out like God owns it all. We kind of have our actions prove that we own it all. And if... And if I want to give anything to God, well, then I'll give it to God. But, you know, he really doesn't have any say-so because this is my money that I worked for and that I earned. And we, you know, how many of you know you wouldn't have sense to get out of bed in the morning if it wasn't for the Lord? If it weren't for him, you you wouldn't even be able to get out of bed in the morning. So uh, notice this with me in Leviticus, the 27th chapter, Leviticus, the 27th chapter. And uh, I'm making sure I got my notes right. I usually have this on my iPad, but I couldn't find it this morning. Not my iPad. Couldn't find my notes on my iPad. Are y'all going to help me this morning? I feel like, I feel like I'm working really hard. Okay. <laughs> I feel like that to you too, that I'm working really hard. <laughs> Deuteronomy, the, oh, you're just, you're helping me out. Deuteronomy, the 26th chapter, verses 12 through 14, says this, when you have finished laying aside all the tithe of your increase. Laying aside all the tithe of your increase. Then you shall say before the Lord your God, I have removed the holy tithe from my house. And so, you see, God's portion that's in your wallet is called the tithe. Somebody said, Pastor, I've been reading the Bible and I came across this thing in Malachi 3. It says something about your tithe. What's a tithe? Well, it's not a tithe. It's a tithe. <laughs> right? And a tithe just simply means it's, it's a tenth. It's one tenth. It's 10%. And so notice this. He said, when you finish laying aside all the tithe of your increase. So when you increase, whenever God increases you, a portion of that is called the tithe. He said, and when you finish laying aside all the tithe of your increase, then you shall say before the Lord your God. You see, tithing is not just giving something. Tithing is not just writing a check and dropping it in the box. Tithing is not, you know, some people, they, look, I don't believe in paying tithes. So you don't believe in tithing? That's not what I said. I don't believe in paying tithes. It's kind of, it's not a bill. It's not a monthly bill or a weekly bill or, you know, every two-week bill. It's not a bill that you pay. It's, it's honoring God. It's honoring Him. It's something that you honor God with. It's something that you acknowledge God with. That You gave me everything that I have. And everything that I have, it belongs to you. And I'm acknowledging you in this. And because I'm acknowledging you in this, I'm going to honor you by returning to you the tenth part, the tithe. So he said, when, you, when you're done laying this all aside, and then you're going to say something. You're going to say before the Lord your God, 
I have removed the holy tithe. Everybody say holy tithe. The holy tithe from my house. I have not eaten any of it. So how many of you, you don't eat the tithe? How many of you have ever ate the tithe before? How many of you ever ate the tithe before? Lord, I know this belongs to you, but we, we're going to the restaurant tonight, and, and so uh, we can't do both. And so we went, so, now look, I'm not talking, I didn't, I didn't say how many of you ate the tithe since you've been saved. The tithe belonged to the Lord before you got saved. I've often wondered how, how some people are so blessed and they're not even saved. And you can, you can trace this back and you find out that there's people, they're not saved, but they still operate according to this principle. And they're blessed for it. God blesses them for them. And God still, he just, he just, he just blesses them. I mean, I think of, I think of some of, you know, the most, and you would, you would know the names they've got billions and billions and billions of dollars. And, but they're, they're, they're very giving. They're very giving. You say, well, how does God bless that? Because it's a, it's a law. It's a principle. It's a law. I mean, it's like the law of gravity. How many of you know the law of gravity works whether you're saved or not? It, it works if you're white. It works if you're black. It works if you're, it, it works if you're rich. It works if you're poor. If you jump off a house, <laughs> guess what? You're going down right? Why? It's a law. It's a principle and it's universal. And, and the law of the tithe is universal. It works for whoever will put it into practice. It will just work. Why? Because it's honoring God with the first. So he said, you're, say, you're to say this to the Lord. I hadn't eaten any of it. I haven't eaten any of it. Uh, when, I, when, I'm, when I'm mourning, <laughs> now this is the picture I give of this. It's been, a, it's been a hard day. We're going to go out to eat. And uh, we're going to eat some comfort food. And we're going to use the tithe to do it. Because it's going to make us feel all better. Right? So he said, I hadn't eaten any of it when in the morning, nor have I removed any of it for an unclean use. I have obeyed the voice of the Lord my God and have done according to all that you have commanded me. So I want you to notice what he says. He said, he said I've removed it from my house. So... What is it that you're supposed to do with God's portion that's in your wallet? What are you supposed to do? You're supposed to get it out of your house, right? You're supposed to get it out of your house. It's not to stay in your possession. Now, somebody said this one time, and don't worry, we're not getting ready to pull for a big offering or anything. Somebody, they've mentioned to me, I mean, this has happened more than once, said, do, do y'all take offerings? And I'll say, no. And they look at me funny. Say, we, we don't take offerings. We receive offerings, but we don't take them. We're not going to try to manipulate. We're not going to try to coerce. We're not going to make outlandish promises. You know, we're not going to do that because the word tells us not to do that. So do we take offerings? No. Do we receive offerings? Yes. Well, y'all don't ever talk about it, so I just figured that, you know, the church doesn't need any money. So let me just set this straight. Our vision, our vision will always be greater than our budget. Our vision will always be greater than our budget. Always. Always. 
And it just seems like, you know, once we take one step, uh, then there's something else. Right? So our vision will always take, you know, it, it'll always be, always be greater than our budget. And so just because we don't talk about it as often, and maybe we should talk about it as often, you know, more often. As a matter of fact, the Apostle Paul, he had, to, he had to come back and apologize to one of the churches. He said, I want you to forgive me in a matter because I didn't receive offerings from you. I didn't let you to give. I didn't, I didn't allow you to give me offerings because I didn't want to, I just didn't want to come across that way because so many people, they weren't being right with money and, and they were doing wrong with money and they were charlatans and they were taking advantage and I didn't want to be lumped in with those so I didn't receive offerings. And he came back later and said, I want you to forgive me in this wrong. I want you to forgive me in this wrong. Why? Because not, it, it, it actually it robbed and hurt those people. Not, not having an opportunity to give or to sow into a worthy cause and something that's producing. Now, churches ought to be producing fruit. It ought to be producing spiritual fruit. You know, last week we, we, we taught on the, the first portion of this. Man, we were just talking about giving and stewardship, and I'm thinking, man, it's going to be dead in here, and people are going to get excited, and 13 people got saved. Isn't that awesome? You know, about four or five or six people got saved in the first service this morning. And, I mean, that, we ought to give God glory for that, right? And so we, we, ought, to, we ought to sow. We ought to give into something that's producing, that's bearing fruit for the kingdom of God. So he said, I, I've removed this. I hadn't eaten any of it. And he said, I've removed the holy tithe from my house. Now, the word holy, it just means set apart. It means set apart for God's specific use how many of you know that God's got things he wants to accomplish he's got things that he wants to do in the earth he's got things he wants to do and then his people finance those things he wants to do in the earth that's how it works that's exactly how it works that's the way it's always worked Amen. When, when God's people can hear his voice and obey his voice and then do what he wants to do, then his works are financed and his kingdom advances. Praise God. So holy, it, it just means set apart. Now, someone would argue that, well, that, you know, tithing is not for today. It's under the law. And that just goes to show me that people hadn't read their Bible. Because if you read your Bible, you'll find out that Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, 400 years before the law of Moses, were tithing. And they weren't tithing because there was a commandment to tithe. They were doing it out of revelation of God, how God is, the character of God, and faith in God. And so they, they would tithe. Matter of fact, Jacob left his, his father's home. And he left with a stick with a little knapsack on the back of it. It was a hobo. <laughs> and, and, and he's leaving town, and, and he's walking along. And, and uh, first night, he lays his head down and he puts his head on a rock for a pillow. That had to be, you know, mypillow.com. I mean, it had to be comfortable. 
and uh, he fell asleep and he had a dream. He, and and you, maybe you know the story. He saw the, the heavens open, a ladder reaching from heaven down to, to the earth and angels ascending and descending upon this. And, and he heard the voice of God and, you know, and God promised him some things. He said, I'll, surely blessing, I'll bless you. And, and Jacob woke up that and he said, if you're going to be like that, if you're going to be a God like that who takes care of me like that and blesses me like that, he said, I'm going to make a vow today that everything that you give me now, God didn't ask for this. Everything that you give me, I'll give you a tenth back. I'm going to tithe. And so he left with a stick and a knapsack, and he came back a few years later, and the land couldn't hold him. I mean, he had so many cattle, so many, you know, he had, he had people. He had an entourage of people and silver and gold. And I'm not saying if you start tithing to, tomorrow that you're going to be living like that. But I'm just saying this, God will bless you. He will bless you. And so the tithe is holy. The tithe is holy to the Lord. It's set apart for his use. It's not for us to eat. It's not our bread. It's not our investments. Although it is an investment, but it's not our, it's not what we, it's not our seed to invest. Are you listening? And I mean, the Lord's showing me something right now. And so it's, it's, not, it's not what we eat. It's not what we invest. It's not what we give to Caesar. This is God's portion. And really, in our minds, it ought to be the most important portion. Because it's the portion that's going to make everything else climb. It's the portion that's going to make everything else go up and increase. He said, I'll increase you more and more, you and your children. Praise God. In Leviticus 27, 30, he says, And all the tithe of the land, whether of the seed of the land or the fruit of the tree, is the Lord's. It is holy to the Lord. The tithe, everybody say, the tithe is holy. The tithe is holy. The tithe is holy. It, it belongs to the Lord. So it, it, it's in your wallet. This, the tithe, you, you have the tithe in your wallet. So what do you do with the tithe? What do you do with it? Malachi 3 says this, bring all the tithe. Everybody say all of it. Bring all the tithe into the storehouse and prove me, test me, try me. Now in this, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open the windows of heaven and pour you out such blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it. I mean, how would you like to be the place? Well, we just don't have any more room. We don't, we don't have any more room. That's, that's, the, that's the situation that Abraham found himself. I mean, he became, I mean, the land couldn't hold him, so he and Lot had to separate. Now, here's a little, you know, Lot, he, he was prospering because of Abraham. And Abraham said, hey, you know, he came to Lot and said, our, our herdsmen, they're fighting, and they're fighting over land. Who, where are we going to feed these cattle, and where are we going to do this? And, and, and Abraham said, look, you choose whichever area you want, and I'll take the other. And so Lot, he chose the, the best-looking place. He should have had a cattle sale is what he should have done. He, he didn't know where his blessing was really. He should have sold out, right? It started over just so that he could stay hooked up with Abraham. That's not what happened. But I, the, the land just, I mean, they received so much that couldn't contain it all. That's the will of God. Did you know it's the will of God for you to be blessed? 
And that doesn't mean a millionaire. It means blessed. It means abundantly supplied, where you have more than enough. You have more than enough that you're not running out at the end of the month. That's not prosperity. Prosperity is when you make it. Prosperity when you got a little bit left over, right? Or a lot of bit left over. I mean, if you're going to have any left over, it might as well be a lot of bit instead of a little bit. So you shouldn't talk like that in church. Well, what do you want? You want a little bit left over or a lot of bit left over? I mean, you know you, you know you want a lot of bit left over. Why are you scared to say that in church? Shouldn't be scared to say that. He wants you blessed. You know, I found in, in pastoring for 25 years, I found this, found out this, the devil work overtime to keep God's people sick and broke. Sick and broke. Because if he can keep you sick and broke, he's got you incapacitated. He's got you incapacitated. You, you, you can't do anything. I mean, you can have all the health in the world, but if you don't have money to get out of town, right? Lord, I'd sure like to go on that missions trip, but I don't have the money. Well, that's not the will of God. Or I got the money, but I can't get out of bed. You see, I mean, the devil just incapacitate, but what if we were healthy, and dare I say this word, wealthy. Yeah. <laughs> Again, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not talking million dollars, I'm talking, but you, you're supplied. You're abundantly supplied. I mean, you, you got enough. You have more than enough. And that's more than enough is the will of God. I mean, there, there's a beautiful picture painted for us when the children of Israel came out of Egypt. While they were in Egypt, they didn't have enough. You remember, they were, they were overworked. They were, they were underpaid or not paid at all. They were underfed. They were malnourished. They had poor living conditions. So they were in the land of not enough. And then God brought them out and, and brought them into this, you know, the wilderness. And they had just enough bread. They had enough bread to sustain them for a day. If they tried to gather too much, it would spoil, right? So they, they came into this land of just enough. But the land of not enough wasn't the will of God. And the land of just enough wasn't the will of God. God's plan was to bring them into the promised land or the land of more than enough right? That was the plan of God. And what should have taken them 40 days took them 40 years. 40 day journey across that wilderness, that desert. Should have taken them 40 days, it took them 40 years. Why? Because they're complaining about being in the place of just enough. Until you get content with being in the place of just enough, and I'm not talking about you let your vision rest there, but you're not complaining about what you have. See, if you complain about what you currently have in your possession, you're never going to get to where God wants you to be. You've got to learn to manage well what you have right now. And if you learn to manage well what you have right now, God will increase you until you can get to the place where, man, God, if he can, if he can trust you with, with just enough, he can learn to, you'll, you'll, you'll graduate to the place where he can trust you with more than enough. But if he doesn't know what you're going to do with just enough, he sure doesn't know what you're going to do with more than enough. Amen. Amen. Everybody say the holy tithe. Holy 
it belongs to him. So he said, bring it, bring it into the storehouse. Prove me. See if I won't open the windows of heaven, pour you out a blessing. You can't receive it all. You can't contain it all. He goes on to say, and I'll rebuke the devourer for your sake. So it's not just, it's not just a monetary reward or payback. I mean, God will take care of you. He will take care of your family. He will protect you. Amen. I've seen it over and over again. He'll do it. And where does it begin? Bring all the tithe. Okay, somebody said, well, Pastor Chuck, should somebody who doesn't have much tithe? What, what if you don't have enough, should you tithe? Well, let me just say this. You talk to God about that. You say, I'm not here to persuade. I'm not here to convince. I'm here to teach. So, well, I'll say it like this. Yeah, I think everybody should tithe. But, but if you're in a, if you say, well, I'm just in a difficult place. You see, the tithe is not just the 10%. The tithe is the first 10%. It's not pay the house note, pay the car note, pay the insurance, pay the groceries, pay the kids' clothes, pay the kids' school, pay, pay this, pay this, pay this. And then if I have any left over, I'll give to the church. I don't even like that terminology give to the church. I don't even like that terminology. I don't like give to the church. I don't like pay tithes. I don't like it. No, this is to the Lord. Here men receive tithes, but there he receives them. So we're, we're given to, you might give through an earthly institution. You might give through an earthly person, but it, it's to the Lord. It's unto him. Amen. That's important. It's important how you think about this. It's important how you talk about this. And so I believe everyone should tithe. Now, you talk to the Lord about it. And I'm not saying that in a manipulative way. I mean, talk to him, discuss it. I mean, if you're having a difficult time and you're having a hard time making ends meet, ask him, what would you have me do? Because you know this, that a portion of what you have belongs to him. Well, it all belongs to him, but that, that portion is holy. Amen. He said, test me, try me. So I just want to challenge you to do that. For those of you who are already doing it, awesome. For those of you who are not doing it fully or just kind of skipping around on it and every once in a while, I encourage you, step in. For those of you not doing it all, you say, man, I don't, 10%? You know what I found? I've heard it over and over and over and over and over again. That people who do this, they never miss the 10%. They never miss it. They never miss it. And they scratch their head, and they don't know how they're going to make ends meet. And, and I tell you what, sometimes you just can't figure God's math out on paper. Because he said, if you'll do this, it's, it's the first that blesses the rest. It's that holy portion that sanctifies the rest of it. I mean, you think if your stuff isn't breaking down? If your stuff isn't wearing out, that's money in your pocket, right? Amen. He'll help you. Father, in Jesus' name, 
Lord, we, we give you thanks. And, and Father, I pray that, that I put no pressure on anybody. I'm not looking to people. I'm looking to you. And so, Lord, I ask that you would deal with us individually as you would. Speak to our hearts. Show us what we need to do. In Jesus' name. And Father, I pray that if there's anyone in here who's never made Jesus the Lord of their life, I ask that you would speak to their hearts now. Draw them to yourself. Draw them out of darkness into your glorious light. Let them know that things can be different. Let them know that there's help in you. Let them know that there's newness in you. Let them know that there's a fresh start in you. In Jesus' name. Head bowed and eyes closed just, just for a moment before we leave. If you're in here and you're not in a right relationship with God, and you would know whether you are or not, you don't have any, no one needs to tell you that. I mean, you would know just sitting there right now that just something on the inside of you is just gnawing at you that I need to get some things right. So you know whether that's you or not. I want to pray for you, and I'm not going to ask you to come to the front. And I'm not going to ask you to stand, but just right there in your seat, you can just lift your hand, and we're going to pray for you in just a minute. You know, just because you believe in God doesn't mean that you belong to him. God's after a personal relationship with you. He's not even after your money. He's after your heart. And if you've never given him your whole heart and your whole life, we're going to pray for you. So I'm going to just count to three. And when I do, if you want us to pray for you, you can just lift your hand. So here we go. One, two, three, right now. Thank you. All over the room. Just keep your hands up so I can see them. I want to make sure I know who I'm praying for. Good. Good. Awesome. All over the room. Way to go. Why don't we all pray this prayer out loud together? Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for Jesus. I believe he died on the cross for my sins. I believe that you raised him from the dead. Jesus, come into my heart. Save me. Give me brand new life. I trust you for salvation. And I thank you that from this moment forward, with your help and power, I'll serve you. Amen. Church, let's give these a real big hand, all right?